Hi, uh, this is Jen Lisette Golding, and on this week's Off the Circle podcast, we have Stephen Meyer, Executive Director of King Park, and Evan Tester, Deputy Director of King Park. based entrepreneurs and business people learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way off the circle the indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before nice job thanks (laughs) walk right in do the intro All right, right, I'm I'm done. I'm I'm done. (laughs) See you later. This is double great. I have Jen Lisak in the office with me. Hello. (laughs) And uh, we'll go around the circle. Harry Howe with Howe Leadership. Ryan Grimes with My IT Indie. Evan Tesser, King Park Development Corporation. And Stephen Meyer with King Park Development Corporation. This is fantastic. And uh, and, uh, who should start with the history of King Park Development Corporation? Well, I suppose I can do that. Uh, so King Park is a nonprofit community development corporation that was started in 1987. And wow. we've traditionally worked in the affordable housing realm. Um, we've been involved in a lot of high profile projects like uh, Fall Creek Place revitalization uh, over the years. And um, then starting in 2015, we, uh, we established what's called the Build Fund, which is a division of King Park that focuses on small business lending, um, trying to promote economic development in some of the h- higher risk neighborhoods in, across Indianapolis. So ni- 1987? That's correct. And so Fall Creek, that one just fell apart on you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty wildly successful, yes. <laughs> That's incredible. How many, how many businesses have you touched over the years? Oh, gosh. Quite a few. Since 2015, we probably have helped more or less 40 businesses and just wow. working with them as far as lending and also giving development services. As far as lending, probably at uh, 15. Wow. Maybe to help us understand the scope of what you do, maybe could you share a success story with us that kind of illustrates the scope of um, the work that's done? Uh, yeah, one of our first borrowers was in uh, 2015, came out Brewing Company, which is right next door. Uh, local uh, uh, neighbor, uh, Mark Schwartz, he lives uh, in Fall Creek Place. He wanted to open up a brewery and a, a public house. So we lent to him a low amount. He bought equipment, he's opened up, and now it's a local favorite. He is needing to expand already after just a few years. And that was probably one of our earlier loans. That was one of our earlier loans. Now we have uh, fairly large loans around 16th and Monon Trail, which was a probably multi-million dollar project, which has multiple users, all commercial, it's one of the highlights of the Monon Trail right downtown. It's called Tinker House, so that was also one of our uh, partnerships. That's incredible. Uh, so, so explain the difference to people between um, going, let's say, for a, real, a commercial real estate loan at a bank or a traditional organization and instead going to King Park. So Build Fund is what's called a Community Development Financial Institution, which is CDFI which is essentially a mission-driven bank. And so we, um, we work with uh, a lot of businesses that either can't get financing from a bank directly or um, need our partnership to, uh, to get a, the bulk of their financing from a bank. So we come in and partner with the bank to provide all of the capital stack that's needed to start a business. And so we're very flexible. We're 
uh, essentially, um, since we're a mission-driven bank, uh, we can be more flexible with our terms. We don't have the kind of regulatory compliance that banks have to go through. Uh, and uh, so we're able to help businesses that are kind of on the margin of being bankable businesses. And how can businesses use this money? So most of our loans are in commercial real estate uh, or equipment. We do some work in capital, usually in conjunction with one of those other two. Uh, and so a lot of our, our borrowers are, uh, are going to be using an SBA product at the end of the day, um, but don't quite qualify for SBA yet. So our loans range from around 100,000 on the low end yeah. um, up to, I think our largest so far has been a million. Million dollars, yeah. Uh, that the million was our portion of it. We've been part of projects that were up to, uh, well actually we're gonna close on one that's about 30 million yeah. altogether. Wow. Uh, so. Um, our last large project was about $12 million, mixed yeah. uh, use building. We did a commercial portion of it. And coming, going forward, we're gonna do a, our next largest will be a $30 million project. We'll be doing commercial plus maybe part of the housing part of it, and we'll be lending just a small portion of that, like gap or construction lending. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. When, when you're evaluating a client, um, because you're community-based, is it, you know, are you looking long-term at, it, like a business, if I was going to a bank, all they would worry about, right, is my profit, my ratio, my credit rating, everything else, and they wouldn't care about what I was doing with the community ultimately right they just want to know whether they're going to get paid back or not correct so is some of it is some of that room there that hey you know what if this place restores this facility does an incredible job on it and the business doesn't work out we've still kind of lifted the community and another business can take it over or something. well let's just be clear we do expect to be paid back <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to infer that <laughs> i was more talking about you know there's a high failure yes. ratio with businesses obviously yeah actually nationwide cdfis have about the same level of failure rate as traditional banks um, but we do have more uh flexible underwriting um we have uh, other criteria that we look at. We do underwrite loans. We do uh, make sure that, to the best of our understanding, the business will be able to pay the loan sure. back. We do, uh, part of our uh, process is to make sure that uh, the, the loans that we're offering are also um, responsible loans, so we don't want to make a loan that's going to end up putting a business into bankruptcy. Right. So, um, so we're very cognizant of that on the on the traditional bank underwriting side, but then on the community development side, there are other factors. All of our loans include job creation requirements, so it's a it's a provision of our loan agreements that they will create a certain number of jobs, and they have to document those to us. And then there are other factors like a they're rehabbing a vacant building or uh, revitalizing a brownfield or you know, there are any number of other ways that uh, we expect the business to contribute to the community at large. That's awesome. And, and you are transforming mm -hmm. parts of the community. I don't even think, I mean, one of the reasons why we wanted you on here was there's literally, the east side is being transformed and you're one of the underlying reasons and people don't even realize it. Correct. So we do have loans all over the city. Um, we we 
focus mostly on Center Township, uh, yeah. but um, but we we do focus uh, a lot of our uh, projects come in the traditional King Park area, which is on the near north side of downtown. But you're right, the east side we have several loans, we have several in the works over there, um, we have some on the west side. So um, we're we really try to. Uh, identify those projects that just need a little bit of help that, uh, that are being involved can help uh, close the gap on the project. So do you find the people looking for the loans or do they find you or how does how do you meet? Both ways. So sometimes we're out there marketing our products to potential borrowers. Sometimes they hear mostly through word of mouth from uh, prior borrowers. Then uh, we also work with banks. Uh, our bank partners who sometimes are sourcing the loans or originating them and they sometimes realize they need a gap or construction loan or they need uh, a CDFI to participate in the loan so they come and refer them to us and then we go through our process. So just like a traditional bank it comes to us in various forms. That's awesome. I'm curious about um, the different things that have contributed to your success. You, you've achieved a great deal of success and as I think about the leadership skills that would be Required, boy, they cover a broad spectrum from uh, finance, analysis, community development. Uh, wow, that is just a, you know, it, it seems as though it would take an unusual leader to be able to do all of that. Tell me a little bit about what has contributed to your success. I think that's a guy towards me. I mean, obviously, all of our success is due to Evan. So. <laughs> no, it, it's it is. It's a it's a very difficult field to work in. Um, there are a lot of moving pieces. Um, I'm a lawyer by training. I really got into this business through real estate and then became a banker. So I'm literally probably the worst person you'll ever meet. Uh, but it you have to you have to bring together experts that you can trust and rely on them and um, listen to what everybody is saying. We have uh, we've pulled together a, a um, diverse loan review committee that helps us think through projects uh, more thoroughly than just what Evan and I can do, um, and they're an invaluable resource source that we lean on. We get involved in a lot of projects with environmental issues, and so we have great consultants that we can trust, and um, we don't try to become experts at everything, but we try to know enough about what our limits are to go out and make as many projects successful as possible. So what's been, each of you all want to hear an answer on this, what's been your favorite project so far? <laughs> the ones that close? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably uh, Ash and Elm, because they um, are on the east side. They went to a building that was uh, in bad shape, but it was being rehabbed by the owner. Uh, they are needing to expand as well, and they are definitely an east side favorite, probably becoming a city favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I enjoy their beverages as well. Uh, but that's one of my favorite ones. It's very easy, number yeah. one, uh, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure that I have a favorite, but uh, I, I think fondly about um, we our first loan was to R&B Architects um, that they were acquiring a historic building at 32nd and Meridian that had been vacant for a long time. It was owned by Indiana Landmarks, and it um, it wasn't a bankable asset at the time because 
Indian Landmarks had covenants about um, the level of rehab that had to be done to the building in order to make it a bankable asset. And um, it was expensive to do that. And so no bank would loan to the building until the, the rehab had been completed. And so it was a project where we stepped in, I think it ended up being 10, 10 month construction loan. Yeah. Um, and um, it was a fairly large loan. It was our first loan at the time, so it kind of proved the model for us. Mm -hmm. But also um, it was incredibly successful because the, a bank came in as soon as the rehab was done, we were out um, and were able to uh, reinvest that money back into, an, into other businesses. And so um, it was, it, it, it's a good example of where there are niche needs in lending, whether it's, you know, things like historic covenants or brownfield issues or title issues that need to be worked through that just complicate traditional financing. And we can understand those issues and work with the owners to make sure that, um, that those things don't hold up a project unnecessarily. What, what, what building was that? People the Glossbrenner Mansion. Oh, fantastic. The former Winona Wound Clinic. Yeah. So it's the mansion part of that building. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's where you guys had a open house? Correct. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was fantastic. What, mm. a, what a facility, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. Yeah. And I want to talk about the fact, so when Stephen and Evan came on board, was it 2014? I came in uh, six months after yeah. Stephen, so 2015. Yeah. Yeah, so at that time, King Park was just King Park. It was just the CDC. And then in 2015, they started the Build Fund to support businesses. And then since then, they got the Lift Indy money for $4.5 into the uh, into the Monon area. And then now they have the Edge Fund, which is loaning single-family and uh, multifamily loans out in that area. So they went from being one organization to supporting four different initiatives uh, and that takes an incredible amount of talent and work to be able to do that. What do you What do you think the overall impact is? You know, because from your commercial lending, um, you know, job requirements and everything else. Do you guys have kind of a window of you know how that's impacted everybody? <laughs> yeah, we do record those and record those. Stephen just raised for everybody on the listening to the podcast. For those of you who can't see me right now, he has this beautiful Venn yeah. diagram that has we have that programming. Yeah, so um, so Evan touched on some of it. So we we just started lending in 2015, um, and so uh, to to kind of give a timeline. We usually give our borrowers at least a year, more like two, to mm -hmm. create the jobs that they have to create. So um, our first round of borrowers have, are just finishing up their job creation uh, requirements. And so, so far we've, uh, from the just from the loans we've closed, we have about a little more than a million pending yeah, uh, in the next 30 days or so. But just in the loans that have closed, um, we've had 148 job commitments from our borrowers, and they've already created 81 of those. So, just in just uh, less than three years, um, and they're all on low income census tracts too, with high unemployment. So, yeah. that's so, a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's having real impact um, to you know, real people's lives every day, um, including you know not just the business owners, but you know we have a lot of restaurants and bars and uh, you know so wait staff people who. Um, who didn't have jobs in their neighborhoods before 
Um, but then there are other things, you know, that are just as impactful. Evan mentioned Tinker House. You know, that's a that was a twenty thousand square foot vacant building um, that is now occupied, right. um, and that's twenty thousand um, of the hundred and eighty thousand of new or rehab space that have come about because of the loans that we've made. So, hundred and eighty thousand square feet of uh, of commercial space is a lot. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so that's uh, mostly formerly vacant and mm-hmm. unused and unusable yeah. now is. So, which which has a domino effect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, you fix up a, a business, people get employed in that business, then they start fixing up their homes, then, Correct. you know, and it keeps going and going. Yeah, and, that, and Tinker House is a perfect example of that. Um, we start so King Park did the, uh, the first part of the rehab itself, um, and then the build fund loaned money to uh, our development partner to finish it up. And uh, at the same time, TWG bought the old Gleaners building across the street, tore down most of it and built, I think, 148 apartments right across the street. Um, And then IPS had a maintenance facility there uh, and realized that suddenly that corner is much more valuable. So, you know, it went from now they listed it for sale and TWG bought that or is buying that um, and that will be converted to commercial space in about uh, three or four hundred apartments and by the time it's all said and done um, all because um, the Tinker House building which was right. a huge eyesore was dealt with and it was the first know, domino, the first domino yeah. um, on 16th Street that um, allowed these other projects to really move forward so um, yeah we try to be cognizant of the strategic impact that our investments can make so we've talked about a number of businesses that you've helped. I'm imagining um, what is especially gratifying might be a particular person or name or face that kind of comes to mind that uh, has been uh, the beneficiary of this domino effect we've been speaking of. Can you, uh, without divulging anything <laughs> confidential, you know, could you share with us uh, something that comes to mind about it? A lot of our borrowers do hire low-income people for their jobs because they're jobs that they can attain without higher forms of education. So I don't want to like, give any names, obviously, but there are a lot of people, a lot of individuals, and we do put those out in newsletters, uh, kind of highlighting new hires. Uh, and so there are quite a few people who have gotten jobs who have not been employed or been on government assistance, and now they have gainful employment and they're pursuing their own life choices off that new employment that they didn't have at all. So they were totally unemployed. Well, plus they don't have transportation to Yeah. Them, right, so you guys are putting jobs right in their neighborhood. Yeah, that's which, correct. Yeah. That's and we also think it's important that we partner with organizations that do really good work that uh, that aligns with our work. And so, for instance, um, Edna Martin Christian Center has a Center for Working Families and, and um, Job Training courses that they offer. So we don't do that because you know we have partners that really specialize in that. And so we're able to um, get our borrowers to, um, to send the job postings to us first so that we can send them to the programs that are out there that people who are trying to get their lives back on track are going through so that yeah. they can have a first opportunity to get those jobs that are coming into their neighborhood. So uh, it's it really pulls together a lot of different uh, programs that are otherwise kind of disparate. That's incredible. Now, who are, um, I'm curious, 
you know, obviously you guys aren't this lone island out there. You've got a lot of partners that you're working with every single day. You mentioned some of the banks in town. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the other organizations that really make, make this happen? Well, obviously you mentioned it, Martin Christian Center. Um, we also work with the John Bonner Center. We are on some committees to discuss the promise zone because we've done a lot of lending in the promise zone. Uh, we work with several banks, should I mention the banks specifically? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure. We work with all the banks. All the banks, <laughs> they do. They're all our friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we do obviously try to work with a lot of, like Recycle Force. So they have a lot of uh, clients who have barriers to employment because they're formerly incarcerated. So we try to refer them to a lot of our uh, business partners and borrowers saying, uh, here's a referral. They have, they've been trained through Recycle Force. Please just look at their resume or their application. So, uh, so we work with Recycle Force. Uh, we work recently now we're working with Inglewood uh, Community Development Corporation. Uh, on the east side, uh, we do work with Insight Development. Uh, a lot of these groups were trying to develop projects. Some of these we have developed projects with. Uh, work with uh, Reverie Estates uh, and certain groups as far as real estate development. Um, well, in our funders, so the yeah. city of Indianapolis has been a, a very strong advocate for uh, this program uh, and, and invested quite a bit of uh, loan capital into us over the years. Um, and then the state um, has recently given us some more money to expand into affordable housing. Um, that's Jen mentioned uh, edge fund, so that will be essentially the same uh, type of organization, um, but we're going to focus on aff financing affordable housing, um, and then uh, we get quite a bit of funding from the federal government as well, uh, from CDFI fund, which is part of the Department of Treasury, mm -hmm. and Office uh, of Community Services, which is part of HHS. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Health and Human Services. Yes, yeah. that's the one. And <laughs> uh, the U.S. Department of uh, yeah. Housing and Urban Development, HUD. Yeah. So they're one of our first grantee, or grantors oh, that's uh, to, to invest in the build fund. Yeah. And actually they're investing now into the edge fund mm -hmm. to make loans. Yeah. And so it's also a different model for how to spend federal funds. So usually grantees... Uh, receive a grant and they put it into a project and it goes away after that project. Right. Since we are taking grant funds and making loans with it, it gets repaid. And so it doesn't just go into that first project, but it, it gets paid back and recycled and goes into the next business and the next business and the next business. So um, it's really an effective way to use grant funds that um, can have a very long-term impact. Well, a lot more accountability, you know, obviously with all those partners working, you're working, you know, you're looking for the best opportunities because you need yes. that money to come back. And this is where Evan's expertise really is invaluable because he used to run one of these federal grant programs, the Community Development Block Grant Program at the city. For the city, yeah. And he would see um, these awardees receive grant funds and take the money and then not do what they were supposed to do. Yeah, or not, not complete the agreements <laughs> and then not have to fix it. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, as much as helping them, helping our borrowers with the finance side, um, we're also relieving them of a huge amount of the burden of complying with federal requirements. So we do a lot of that. Evan and his team handle a lot of that and make it as easy as possible for um, our borrowers to um, to stay in the good graces of the federal government. Yeah. We maintain a longer relationship with them, obviously for the life of the loan, but we actually work with them and meet with them constantly, make sure that they are on course to their healthy business. 
That's so we did other development services like that as well. We refer them to other partners who actually have business coaching. So we want to see them grow, basically eventually go into being able to apply to a bank and get uh, credit that way instead of just having to come to us. We are happy to lend to them, but they need to also grow their business. It, and you had mentioned that there was, from a national level, level CDFI. Mm -hmm. um, so is this... Is this mirrored in other cities? You know, what's are we similar, or are we, you know, taking off compared to most? Or so there are about a thousand CDFIs around the country. Some of them are very small. It's like a rural community may have a couple hundred thousand dollars that they put out as and under a loan fund that they recycle as best they can. To there are national CDFIs that have a billion dollars worth of assets. Wow. Um, so. Um, most of them, probably three quarters of the CDFIs focus exclusively on housing. Mm -hmm. So there are far fewer that do what we do. Uh, housing or micro lending. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. that, that do kind of larger economic development loans. There just aren't that many around the country that do it. Um, but it's, it's not terribly uncommon. Yeah. Uh, most major cities have several CDFIs. Um, we have two, I guess. Us and then um, Sci-Fi, Nine HP, Nine HP. Yeah. HP does housing as well. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of the traditional model, the INHP model of they they do single-family mortgages for low-income people. So um, and they also have bank partners as well that they refer to. Um, that's far more common around the country than than doing you know a million-dollar economic development loan. Hmm. How can uh, how can businesses that are you know want to help out the community, how can they get involved with you? Uh, well, they can apply if they have financial needs. They can also refer their partners to us if they need to expand or grow, or if they need equipment. We also went towards equipment. Uh, or if they just uh, want to find out, learn more about us or about uh, urban neighborhoods, we're happy to talk to them. Uh, we account that as far as giving development services. We report that to our regulators, let them know there's a need out there. So if they just want to have a phone discussion or a meeting, we're happy to meet at any time. That's awesome. And all the information in the whole application is available on our website, buildfund.org. Yep. It's very simple to fill out. And um, there's an initial questionnaire so that um, uh, we can set up a meeting and, and find out what your project is about and mm -hmm. um, see whether we're a good source of funding or not. Uh, either way, we'll, we, we help anybody who reaches out to us. So. Uh, just a quick question. Do you guys only focus on Marion County or do you hit some of the... Right, right now, Marion County. Marion County, okay. Yes. Jen, you've been involved with King Park for a number of years now. I'm curious how you um, first became interested, and, and you've been very engaged over an extended period of time. Tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so I was introduced to Stephen by Henry, I think, uh, another board member, and um, we had worked together through DK to do the website and stay engaged. And then uh, my husband and I were looking for housing and I fell in love with the area over time. So we moved in about two years ago and around, I think before that point, I was a part of the board. Uh, but, you know, especially since we've moved in, our house value has already gone up 80 percent. Wow. since we've moved Whoa. in over two years. So obviously I see the direct impact that, that they're mm -hmm. making on the neighborhood. And, um, you know, I, 
I don't know anything about community development. So when I sit on the board, sometimes I wonder, you know, how can I contribute? But I see the bigger, like people don't know about King Park and that's why from a marketing perspective, I wanted to get involved because this is a great community and there's, you know, opportunity there. And it's sad to me that people don't know about it. So. And I have to say that um, Jen mentioned that King Park has become much more complicated over the last couple of years with build, adding build fund and edge fund. Uh, and our 11 board members and uh, six gosh, or seven low committee, committee, committee members take on a lot of responsibility. It's incredibly complicated to think through. Uh, not just, It's not just about whether a, a deal financially works. It's about the context in which a deal is occurring or what the implication may be um, because, like like Jen said, if if an area is selected for lift, that's four and a half million dollars going into a concentrated area in a short period of time, and you have to be prepared for the change that comes with that kind of investment. Um, and um, the, our board and our loan review committee had have been incredibly engaged um, and thoughtful in um, in trying to make sure that we're having a positive impact in the Indianapolis neighborhood. So I'm incredibly grateful to the support that we as staff get from them. And what would the ideal, what are the characteristics of an ideal board member for an organization such as yours? <laughs> uh, willing to donate millions of dollars a year. <laughs> Unmarked bills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, so, you know, we get involved in a lot of different things. It's not, you know, we do single-family housing, we do mixed-use development, we do commercial development, we do lending of all different kinds. We have uh, neighborhood events from, we have one coming up in Fall Creek Place on Friday. Um, and so we, are, we help organize that with the, with the Neighborhood Association and, you know, those those kinds of events happen frequently. We are a fiscal agent for about a half a dozen other projects around town where they just need somebody who can manage their grant funds for them. Uh, and so the, the, the roles and the skills needed at the board level are myriad, to say the least. I mean, uh, some development experience, community development experience, uh, uh, banking experience, being a member of the community, understanding what it's like to be low income, understanding what it's like to be a uh, minority or uh, a woman-owned business owner. There are um, any number of perspectives that add value to the work that we do because uh, it is complicated to say the least. So if we could get rid of one obstacle in your entire <laughs> existence on any one of those fronts, what would it be? Politics. <laughs> <laughs> I love politics. <laughs> uh, you know, really the biggest challenge, I think, I mean, Evan probably has a different, Evan's answer is probably me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't worry about the wind. <laughs> uh, I think the, the biggest challenge um, that, you know, at this point, I, you know, I kind of stepped back a little bit from the day-to-day -day operations of King Park and, uh, and thinking bigger picture and longer term. And, uh, and the biggest challenge for me as I'm thinking about um, you know, trying to project growth and trying to develop new products or figuring out what kind of niche it needs to be filled uh, in the community is that 
Um, everything seems to happen on a year-after-year -year basis, and so funding is annual, and you never know whether like federal programs are going to be funded the following year. So you know you can put. We just had a five-year uh, capital projection done, and all of it was you know done with fingers crossed that these programs wouldn't yeah. disappear. Um, and so you know it makes it hard to think about. You know, we could probably add two more staff this year, mm -hmm. um, but in order to do that, we need to know that the funding sources that we're relying on this year are going to be around next year. Um, and so uh, it's uh, community development is always kind of a low-hanging fruit uh, for people who think that government spending is out of control or easy to cut out and it won't have an impact. Um, and so it's, it, it, it is a challenge, especially when we can demonstrate the kind of positive impact that we're having with the money that we're given and how much leverage that we are able to bring to the table. One of the things that Evan hasn't mentioned that uh, I think we is incredibly important to talk about is we've loaned about three and a half million dollars to date um, and that has leveraged $23 million in other investment. So wow. it's not just us using federal money. It's us bringing other people to the table who want to invest their own money. Um, and that takes a lot of work and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of time and it takes a lot of convincing them that uh, we can be a value add to the project and that um, working with us will be a good investment for them. So where do people go for information? They go to Evan. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to me at uh, www.buildfund.org. Fantastic. Um, any any parting words? Did you have something that you said was the biggest challenge? No, I agree with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, maybe uh, informing our funders and partners that what you said is true. I agree with what he says, that we need to think more uh, strategically about funding or focusing our funds into uh, concentrated areas, basically. And then once things once the market starts to take over, then we can move on to the next area and then do the same thing. Just yeah. keep on moving. Basically, kickstarting, kickstarting the market in each neighborhood. Right, right. And throughout Fantastic. the city. Well, thank you for what you've done for yeah, the city. Absolutely. Yes. That's exactly yeah. why we created this podcast. Yep. Like, <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah. This has yeah. been real fun. And I guess I would uh, also want to thank Jen for mm -hmm. uh, She's a very busy woman, but she has uh, generously given her time over many years, and I'm sure it's appreciated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep, I agree. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you. So. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis.